This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast, emergency match reaction, emergency match reaction. We both went to the Chelsea game, said it's something for the weekend, we were going to get knocked out of the uh, FA Cup, but the seats were cheap, and I got one just behind Emery's dugout to inspect more closely the process. Joining me, David Michael, for this reaction, Mr. Chris Bird, welcome. Hello, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad, but I have a question for you. Okay, shoot. So I walked from the Holt to the corner of Trinity North Stand. Okay. For the whole duration of that walk, because, you know, you had to queue for about 15 minutes to get in the, into the Trinity. All I could smell is weed. Strong, pungent weed. So my question to you is, who was smoking it? Fans or the players? Because that was the most stoned performance I've ever seen. Who from was smoking it? Unfortu- unfortunately, not me. <laughs> Yeah, it should have been uh, part of the ticket price, really. Do you know what? I could smell it actually walking down f- from... Um, <laughs> as soon as you open your front problem. door. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I open the front door, yeah, it's just there. It's, do you know what, man? That's a very good way of putting it. It was a very stoned performance. I don't think I've ever heard a football match described with that, but it was. It was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, every time Chelsea scored, Emery would just do the, the kind of scouse calm down, calm down with his hands. When you go a goal down, you, you normally saying to focus, you know, don't lose it. But this was almost like, don't get emotionally involved here. Just let it play out. Yeah, I was... too sure. It didn't seem that animated. They didn't seem that bothered. It was very similar in a way to that Everton game where there was a real apathy on the pitch. And as we've... Anybody who's been going to Villa Park any length of time knows that when the apathy kicks in on the pitch, it seeps its way into the stands pretty quickly. And the players just... It looked like a team that didn't really want to be there. And as soon as I'd seen Emery's presser, it must have been the day before when he was almost quantifying why the FA Cup's not important, he kind of felt, they don't fancy this. They've got one eye on Sunday. And I totally understand why, because Sunday is a massive game. But you'd have thought, you've, you know, you want a bit of application. and a Conspiracy theory. Thought, conspiracy theory. 
Go on. Villa knew they were close to a sellout. Somebody's had a word to Emery. Uh, we've got a full house. Don't uh, play a drastically changed team. Ooh, I don't think he can make that many changes anyway. Yeah. That said, when you've when you've been that shit at half time, and especially when you when you go three 0 down, you know, relatively why, early in the second why, half, why yeah. keep people on? Why when you play Manchester United, and that is the key game, and he's you know he's admitted as much, and you know we know this, we know this, we're not fools. I only went because it was twenty quid, and I got a ticket behind the dugout. <laughs> that was it, you know. And a bit weird. view. <laughs> I wasn't going to sit in my fucking halt seat for this game. No way. So why make those changes so late? Why when there's players like Zaniola, Ramsey? who need minutes in their legs. By the way, I think there was a player injured, so there was going to be some substitutions. And they told Zaniola he's, he's coming on. Chelsea also decided to make substitutions. Their substitutions were waiting, ready to go. Zaniola hadn't even pulled his tracksuit pants off by the time uh, their two substitutes were standing on the touchline. Uh, it's the slowest. Uh, and that, that just, to me, just stank of the attitude of this game. Just yeah, lethargic. It was they were second to every ball. They were... I mean, Moreno, we, we were right on Moreno, and Moreno did not fancy it against Gusto. Gusto had him every time, to the extent that he almost turned around to Emery and, and like, gave a little cry face. This is I mean, he was pointless. getting no support out there either. He was like, they're just leaving him on his own. He was the out ball, and Villa were basically saying, go on, then just run at him because there's fuck all else on. Whereas normally, he's at something best, we, when he schemes. We highlighted against Newcastle. Yeah, it was incredibly... You, you almost knew every pattern of play Villa were going to go for in this one. Yeah, there was no variety or anything off the cuff. You know, fair play for Di- you know to Diaby. I, mean, I frankly, I'd long left the ground by the time Diaby had scored. I very seldom <laughs> leave early, but I was the first time I knew that Diaby had scored. I was actually in bed. <laughs> I just flicked on, put on, uh, I think, the BBC website just to uh, check the Forest result, <laughs> and it was like Villa outclassed out of the FA Cup 3-1. I was like, oh, 3-1, if they got the right result there. Yeah, you thinking, who on earth took it upon himself to shoot? That wasn't in the plan, was it? <laughs> Before we go on supporting the show, something my old man said has been using for a few years now, NordVPN are offering our listeners an extra special deal because it's their birthday. They're offering a birthday exclusive, where as well as big savings on their plans, you get four extra months free, plus a free Uber Eats voucher as well. NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite screens and other content no matter where you are by switching your virtual location to access apps and websites in other countries. It also protects you from people monitoring what you are watching, which can be useful for various reasons, as well as protecting your safety and gets around censorship as well. One NordVPN account protects up to six devices, so you can pretty much protect a whole household. To find out more about the benefits and also access their birthday savings package that includes four free months and an Uber Eats voucher, go to nordvpn.com slash moms. And to top it off, you also get a 30-day money-back guarantee as well. It was just a, a bad night. You know, Newcastle was a bad night in different ways, but I think that you were beaten by a, a team who were very well organised, did a number on you, fair play to them. 
Chelsea just wanted it more. You could tell they'd had a stinker of a result against Wolves at the weekend. And it was a response. They were like, right, we're, for whatever we might lack in quality to Villa, we're just going to, you know, we're going to win every first ball, second ball. We're going to go for it. And they did. They were really positive and Villa weren't. They were just, I wouldn't say negative because it wasn't a positive or negative thing. They were just apathetic. There was just nothing. It was powder puff. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea remind, it was, it was like playing a, a good youth team who were really enthusiastic and really yeah, fired were. up, really at and it. Was zipping and the ball around. Everything happened quickly. If you're a team at home and you call in yourself Fortress Villa Park, you expect the very least to run more and have more effort on the pitch. If you've got to beat us, you've got to basically out-effort us for, for a want of a better phrase. I mean, like Liverpool, you know, when they won the league a few seasons back, they worked harder than anybody. To beat Liverpool, you had to really uh, yeah. pull your socks up and do a number on them. And remember, we, we said before that City and Arsenal doubleheader, both of those teams are going to come to Villa Park and they're going to have to work their socks off to beat Villa. You know, to beat us at that point, you'd have had to play really well. But also effort-wise, yeah. really... Yeah, Newcastle, they pressed hard, they got in amongst us and they, they sprung the traps. Chelsea did the same, they just got right on top of us and thought, right, we're just going to get have a, have a right good crack at Villa here. None of this sitting back. Yeah. It was weird, actually, probably the last two games, Chelsea especially, the, you know, the cheese wire high line, it's kind of vanished. It's like, well, teams are obviously playing just a different way now. They went round the outside, they just destroyed Moreno and Cash down well, the Well, they wing. destroyed, yeah, they got behind us, like, at will. They got round the sides. It was, um, it was embarrassing how they got round yeah. our full backs every time. And, comp- and, and, uh, and you know, in compounding a, a bad evening at the office, you know, the referee was dreadful. Now, that's not a, a mitigation for the performance or the defeat at all. It's a yeah. separate thing. Because I thought he was crap for Chelsea. There were a number of decisions that went like, you know, we'd foul them and he wouldn't give them, then he'd give away a stupid one. He's just inconsistent. I mean, the, the, the third goal, for example, it's just an air shot, gives a free kick. Ultimately, when the free kick actually happens, it's so rare these days that Villa actually concede a worldie at Villa Park where you actually applaud the opposition. You go, fair play. It's an unbelievable strike to beat Martinez from there. But yeah. Shouldn't have been a free kick, though. Yeah. No, shouldn't have been a free kick. Not that it would have really made much difference, I don't think. I don't, you know, even at sort of 2 no, I don't think Villa were going to sort of go down swinging there. Well, it feels like. I mean, after Chelsea took the lead, Villa, it, that seemed to wake Villa up about for, five I don't minutes, know, didn't we? three or four minutes. And then Watkins had that shot, the keeper flipped it over. And then that was the last you heard from us, really, until Diaby's goal, which by that time, half the crowd had left anyway. Yep. yep. Bad night at the office, but they, you know, it doesn't necessarily change anything in terms of Man United would, would have been a big result. Yeah, I don't know so about this. Bad, sorry to interrupt you. I don't know about this bad night in the office because what we've been seeing the last few weeks is cause for concern. I mean, yes, we we slapped Sheffield United, but Sheffield United are bottom of the league and hopeless and and were bad on the day, weren't they? No strangers to five nil, eight nil defeats. So. That was the anomaly. <laughs> that was like an anomaly and it was against a shit team. So I think there's question marks here because that yeah. fair enough getting beaten by Chelsea at home, but not in that manner. Not getting outworked, not being second that to agreed. everything and just looking like a shell of a team. And by the and way, that was after- the best team you could have put out probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I said after the game, that was, that was a disgraceful performance. And it's not because you lose and people always pile in and go, oh, you yeah, it's only one defense. Like, it isn't, though, because this is a, it's becoming a broader trend. And this is the the worst of them. You have to sort of Newcastle, Sheffield United, Man United, these like sort of 
guts, I don't know what, I don't even word you want to call it, just feckless performances and sort of just going down in a really apathetic manner. It's like, Jesus Christ, if, if Villa had gone for it and Chelsea had gone for it, or for example, you'd have only lost to the, the free kick. Yeah. Hypothetically, you kind of, you kind of go, fucking hell, what a goal, like what a goal to win any game of football. But the manner in which we lost, I mean, that game was done really at half time. I felt, I didn't, th- I didn't feel confident that Villa would come out and, and come out swinging in the second half. No. I felt. It's more likely Chelsea will get the third and the game will drift here. But just because of the, the application and the approach, nothing to do with the quality. Clearly, there's quality in our side. Not that there was any on show last night. But. And again, you know, that we were 3-0 down after 54 minutes. Why wait until the 70th minute, 71st minute, to make your first subs? I'd have rather, if you're going to get, you've already getting tonked at this point, I'd rather lose four, take Watkins off, take McGinn off, and at least show to the fans, right, listen, sorry, we're going to have to let this one go. You know, no one likes to fly the white flag, but at least show willing that, right, Sunday's the big one here. McGinn, sorry, mate, you've had an hour. Save your legs. Watkins, you really need a break. Louise, get him out of there. Carlos, you're going to get yourself sent off the way you're playing anyway. Yeah, why Why bring Zaniola on on the 88th minute? Why? Why bring Tim Rogerman on the 80, you know, 88th minute? Why? Pointless. Give it a rope. Give it a rope and 45 minutes. Say, go on, young lad. Go and yeah. here's an opportunity. Go and show what you can do. Play oh, against if, players at your own age. <laughs> or like Ramsey, like at Sheffield United. You know, he clearly needs the minutes. I take Tielemans off. You know what he can do. He wasn't having a good game. Give Ramsey another 45 and let him grow into his role again. Or if, you know, if Torres needs the minutes, which I don't know how f- where he is in the fitness spectrum, if he needs the minutes to get him ready for Sunday, give him half an hour. Yeah. Or if he's not fit enough, don't have don't have him on the bench. If he's not ready, don't don't include him. It, it felt very strange, very very frustrating evening that one. So- I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray, and I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll presents the Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold it. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I mean, it makes me laugh when I when I see some comments like, trust the process. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> that gets you into trouble, trusting people. Trust nobody. Not even Emery. I mean, the body work. There are strange things that have been happening the last week where it's like, well, I'm not making subs because that will upset the system. Well, the system's not you're three right nil now. down, mate. What's going on? The system has failed. (laughs) Yeah. So at least get something from it. Because I don't think, you know, he says, yeah, of course you learn from defeat as, as, you know, even more so than uh, when you win, but not when you've learned everything you need to know here. Because any fan sitting in that stadium knows Villa aren't really up for this. Yep. And Chelsea are winning just through application. And you can see where they're going, Chelsea. I mean, it's a long game for Chelsea, this this team. Mm Mm-hmm. But every player, well, maybe this was just because compared to Villa, this is what they were looking like. But everybody seemed really athletic, really quick. Every player in every position seemed to have pace. Power. Power. And you're thinking, yeah, once they gel as a team, you know, get a season behind them, you can see, you know, I was thinking, I can't see us finishing above these next season. Because this is a team on the up. People are laughing about Chelsea and, uh, you know, I was getting messages. Villa played a weakened team because they were 3-0 down. It's like, no, this it's just the attitude here. You'd rather they would. It's like if, if you're going to, not down tools, but but if you're going to sort of not take it, you know, if not going to go 100%, play a couple of the young lads who will, you know, happily... I would have played Tim Arogbenham from the start if, yeah. if you're not taking this seriously. If you're giving it the big speech the, whole hog, like the, in the day before. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the strange thing, you know, Emery. And I think you know, in terms of trust the process, you know, I, 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 you know, Emery's got so much credit in the bank, fine. But there's, yeah. there has been a couple of comments, hasn't there, in the last week, you know, where he sort of um, said, oh, you know, there's, what, seven teams better than us. And then after the yeah. you know, the Chelsea game, he's sort of saying, oh, you know, our, our attitude was great. I'm like, well, if there's one thing I, that wasn't there in the Chelsea game was attitude and application. No one doubts the quality. And on our day, yes, of course, we can beat anyone. But at the moment, we can, we can drop clangers left, right and centre as well. Yeah, the state of mind at the moment is you're not convinced you're going to beat anybody at the moment. We went into that Sheffield United game not exactly expecting uh, to turn them over, even though we should have. Nope. I mean, I'm, I'm always confident, to be fair, after bad results, Villa will get a response because the body of work over, over a year now suggests that we do, especially this season. So I am confident that Villa will come out the traps against Man U, but you, you're talking about a side who have probably got much better firepower right now than Chelsea. Yeah, they can't but, defend for shit either. I mean, it could be an absolute goal fest, that game. But, but they um, play with, based on uh, recent games, most recent games for Manchester United, they do play with the same kind of application as Chelsea have been, yeah. uh, well, Chelsea did in uh, the game last night. Yeah, they've got youthful energy. So that's a real danger. And of course, they've just beaten West Ham. And if they beat Villa, it's only, I think, five points and still a long way to go in this season. And uh, if Villa, Mm -hmm. if they play like that, they're going to end up mid-table, never mind uh, battling for Champions League places. So we we need to uh, sort that out. Agreed. Agreed. And I don't think the, 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 I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but I don't think the problem necessarily, you, know, you leak three goals, you think your back four is probably the problem, but I actually think Chelsea were just walking through the midfield. I don't think Longley and Carlos did a lot wrong in the game, actually. Yeah, I mean, free kick, obviously nobody can do anything about that. The second one was poor from us in the build-up, but actually the, when it's when it's executed, it's a good cross, good header and a, a good goal. The Gallagher one, side foot into the top corner again, it's just it's poor further forward really it wasn't like there was defensive howlers or anything like that yeah a strange game and I mean the domestic cups I mean I said you know I said there's a debate isn't there there's always like you know oh what would you prefer FA Cup or Europa Conference League 
or you know even people saying Champions League or Europa Conference League or Champions League or the FA Cup and some people go oh FA Cup it's more prestigious the prestige of the FA Cup went decades ago <laughs> nobody gives a shit anymore and I'm not talking about fans I'm talking about players managers and we're being led down a path just to part with whatever money we have, in this case, 20 to 25 pounds. And it was a really good turnout, wasn't it, to be fair? Yeah. And, that, you know, we've all been hoodwinked one more time. For the, first, for the first time this season, if anything, they've got it right off the pitch and wrong on it. The yeah. table's turned for the first time. I mean, I kind of went emotionally detached to the result because I was, in, you know, I was expecting Chelsea to win. See, I felt like that going to Stamford Bridge, to be honest. Normally, with an away day, you have that little bit of butterflies of you know travelling down and everything else that comes with it. And I was just really chilled. I was like, whatever at this yeah. point. You know, if we win, great bonus. But if we don't, uh, I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm kind of old school, and the only thing I wanted Villa to win was the FA Cup because that would have completed my set. You know, selfishly completed my set. I could go off into the sunset knowing that I've seen Villa win everything. But now, I'm not kidding myself, I would take Champions League qualifications over FA Cup. But FA Cup versus Europa Conference League, people say nobody gives a shit about Europa Conference League. I don't care about the prestige in terms of that respect. I'm thinking purely mathematically, Europa Conference League gets you into the Europa League, so does the FA Cup. But you win the Europa Conference League, that gives you more coefficient points for England and also more coefficient points for Villa for next season. So that might potentially upgrade that fifth place because we're lagging behind at the moment to Germany and Italy. Italy's the year. So if a Villa winning that Europa League potentially opens up fifth place and we finish fifth, then we've actually helped ourselves into Europe in the Champions League. So winning the Europa Conference League doesn't get you into the Europa League. In this case, it gets you into the Champions League. So I'd take that. And then next season, because we'd won it, we'd have more better coefficient points. So to potentially get a better draw. So purely on the math side of things, it's the much better tournament to win. Also, only two teams have ever won it. You know, Jose Mourinho's won it, and he's got a fucking tattoo of it next to the uh, Europa League, ex UEFA Cup, and uh, the Champions League, ex European Cup. So it, I'd rather have a night in Athens winning that than going to Wembley again. So I'm totally, as I said, after we got beat by Newcastle on the first day of the season, you know, I jokingly said, there's always the Europa Conference League. <laughs> So keep clinging to that comfort blanket. Well, what I, what I would anyway. say is, um, generally speaking, on a lot of the, the cup games, probably by the trip to Outmar, we've we've not really been performing amazingly. Yeah. We've been kind of getting the job done in Europe. Let's be honest. You know, you look at sort of size like Fenerbahce as an example. They've been tonking teams at home. Now I know we've been rotating a lot. There's lots of caveats. Fine, but if if you know if you're putting in performances like we have done in some of the league games in the FA Cup, there's there's nothing to say that that doesn't creep into your European Oh yeah, they haven't played well in Europe uh, overall, apart from that uh, AZ game. They're, they're doing enough. Yeah, and that's all you kind of have to do in groups. I think we've been putting in good performances and, we, and we're where we are because we deserve to be, but we're also where we are in the FA Cup because we deserve to be. We're out yeah. because we didn't put a good enough performance in, but you go and beat United and it, and it catapults your season back in the right direction. So it's one of those games you have to kind of... I mean, I spoke to, to a United fan uh, the other day and they said, you know, it's a big cliche or whatever, but actually this is a six-pointer because it if is. we beat you, we're right back in it. And yep. I said, yeah, and you'd probably hunt us down as well. I said, if we beat you, we keep our foot on your head. And it's a real confidence booster because, yeah, anybody can beat Sheffield United 5-0, as Burnley proved. But if you can beat United, one of your hoodoo teams... One of your potential rivals who have just beaten another one of your rivals for mm -hmm. that Champions League spot, West Ham, 
then you're put doubt in Manchester United's mind again. So what you don't want United to get is momentum. And if they beat Villa, that that's suddenly back-to-back wins against two teams above them. And uh, mm-hmm. not good news. So we'll hold uh, fire until the United game. But the lack of respect uh, for the FA Cup, it just it's just compounding every season that goes by. So anybody who's telling you it's a big special tournament, it's a historical relic, I'm afraid. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.